0: Hey, guys. Alex here, AJNashville.com, here with Mr. Jeff Perry. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Of course you'd say it like that. We've also got an extra special guest, Miss Lacey Sadler. What's up, Lacey? Hi. Thanks so much for coming. Um, we are not here to talk about real estate today, though, are we? No. We're here to talk about something a little more important or a lot more important than real estate that Lacey herself has had some experience with. That's why we have her here today to obviously talk about some things. And the things we're going to talk about is domestic violence
1: and awareness
0: and awareness, which is a very serious issue. I think it's one that goes unsaid and unknown quite a bit. It's something that maybe people experience and they don't realize they're experiencing. I think there's some red flags that typically happen in the beginning that most of us, we become kind of numb to. Yes. Uh, And obviously we want to dive into that and talk a little bit about that and hopefully help some of the viewers that are listening, not viewing, but the listeners who are listening and maybe some of these tips can help identify issues that you may see in your life. So, Lacey, thanks again for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Let's talk about some of these red flags.
1: All right.
0: So you were a survivor of how long?
1: Several years.
0: Several years, is in three, four, five, um, ten?
1: Two a different relationships, um, both about two years each. Okay. So it's uh, difficult to get out of.
0: It is. So. It definitely is. My My mother went through it. It was something I lived with when I was young. Uh, so I do know how difficult it is. And I know that being in a relationship with somebody where you don't see anything else but what's going on in that relationship, and I assume you're doing your best to try to make things work and try to make things good, mm-hmm. so to speak, that it becomes very difficult to get out of. You almost get embedded into that relationship and invested so deep that there's nowhere for you to go.
1: Right. And when it becomes your norm, you don't really know what else is out there. Right. So... You kind of become blindfolded
0: almost. Yeah. So red flag wise, you know, we're looking at things that maybe people can identify early on. Looking back, were there some things that you saw that you look back and you're like, wow, that that was a glaring issue?
1: Yes. So So let's,
0: um, let's hear about some of those.
1: Certain clothes. I was not allowed to wear. I wasn't allowed to show my shoulders. Shoulders? My shoulders. Because, you know, shoulders are very... Tempting.
0: Right. (laughs) So,
1: and then um, not allowed to leave the house without permission. It was like I kind of felt like a dog in a way. Like I had to ask permission, like, can I go outside, please, Mm -hmm. please, please?
0: Um, So, when you say permission, you're talking about literal, hey, can I go to the store? And you're mm -hmm. waiting for approval.
1: Yes. And if I was gone more than the allotted time, then where were you? Right. What were you doing? And just the questioning. So and it started that's how it started out. That's and that what I was, was very ask. minor right. and it's more annoying at first, but when somebody can't even trust you to go to the grocery store um and they get angry at something so small, it escalates, and it could take years to escalate or it could just you never know when it's going to escalate
0: now is this a sign that you saw early on, yes. or is this months down the road?
1: Yes, and I thought it was just a new boyfriend, you know jealousy jealousy um right. have a lot of friends and you know.
0: Guy friends, girlfriends. All. Now, was it the same between guys and girls, or was it you know a little more pressure if you said, hey, I'm going to go hang out with Bill, which I don't know who Bill is. I just made that name up. But was that a different reaction than, hey, I'm going to go hang out with Sally?
1: No, it was the same, because if I went to go hang out with Sally, Sally could have a male figure friend there that I would be in the presence of, and that was an issue. Gotcha. So I was not allowed to go anywhere without – either staying on the phone with him or him going with me
0: right right and that's going out going to the store going to meet up with somebody going to hang out for the afternoon that wasn't even going out to the bars that was just being around another person right Mm -hmm. so that became something more i take it yes and so that was a little red flag and so as the time progressed what are some of the other things that you saw
1: um, when I got tired of fighting and I finally was like, I'm gonna leave, you know. Mm-hmm. I I grew those balls and I'm like, I'm gonna leave. I'm putting my foot down and I'm leaving. Right. He would stand in front of the door and keep me against my will when I'm like, I, I need to leave. Right. And that is a form of domestic violence. He didn't lay his hands on me then. Right. But um, keeping somebody in a place, basically holding you hostage, that is domestic violence. Well,
0: and I think legally that's kidnapping too. That's false imprisonment. Right. You know, right. so I think from a, a legal standpoint, but the thing is, is when you're living that life and you're so, once again, ingrained, embedded into that, you're not thinking, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to have this guy arrested. Because that's your, your love of it's your gonna, life at that time. Yeah, it's
1: going to trigger him.
0: Right. And it's going to make things worse. Or
1: so. you get the guilt trips of those people that are like, okay, well, I'll let you leave. But if you leave, I'm going to hurt myself. Right. And of course, as a compassionate human being, you don't want anybody to hurt themselves because you get – False threats all the time. But what if that time was the time? Right. You know, I couldn't live with that, and he knew that. Yeah. So um I got those suicide threats or bodily harm threats, and then it turned into threats against me. And, um, well, if you leave, I'm going to take you – I'm going to hurt myself, and I'm going to take you with me. Wow. So it was uh, – and then it got to the point where there was actual physical restraint mm-hmm. um, and then throwing objects, not directly at me, but close enough to scare me. Right. So
0: So this is a scary time, obviously. It was
1: terrifying.
0: And it, it happens, same person, over a length of time, mm-hmm. I assume. Yeah. What would you estimate lengthwise, a year, two years, five years?
1: This um, – The one that I'm talking about now is two years.
0: So it escalated rather quickly, it sounds like. Yes. So looking back, obviously, you saw some of these red flags, and we know that physical abuse was a portion of it, the restraint, the keeping you there. That's a portion, but there's another side of domestic abuse that people don't realize, and that's the mental Mm -hmm. part of it, the calling people dumb and stupid. And when I was growing up, that's, that's uh, that's what happened to me. My sister's dad was, you know, you're a dumbass, you're a bitch, you're stupid, you know, and all these other names, which now it's formed me into a person that I don't give a shit what you say to me.
1: Right. Because I got awesome. my ass
0: beat when I was a kid and, and that's what it was. But the mental portion of it still takes a toll on you. Oh, yes. And do you find that it takes a toll on you even today? Yes. Because I think that's a big thing that I identified. You know, I used, to, I used to have a temper and to some degree I still have a triggerable temper where you may say something that uh, – you're laughing, but I'm talking about like a temper that would set me off like no other. And that's if people would call me a bitch because it was something that my my sister's had the whole time. You're a bitch. You're Right. Stupid, you're,
1: it's a trigger. And it was
0: an immediate trigger. I mean we're talking about if you're a male and you called me a bitch, we're throwing hands
2: oh unless we're
0: friends. you know.
2: Not even at that. Yeah, even at that. <laughs> if, well, I let
0: people know. So people that are close to me, they know. Don't call me that because if you do – it's not going to end up well. Now, I'm getting old and fat and everything else, so <laughs> it doesn't end up like it used to. But it's, it's a trigger term, and it's something that still impacts me today. Yeah. And, and things like weight. Like I dated a girl for a while that – and I was slim back, back in the day. But she would grab the edge of my stomach and be like, what are you going to do with this? I'm like – but it made me self-conscious where I was looking at my stomach regardless of what shape I was in thinking, I'm fat. I got to lose weight now. You know, so I think those things carry with you. Absolutely. And they impact you in a way where that's not changeable. You know, people have those those small things that are always a part of them. The other big thing is as a kid growing up in a household where there was domestic violence. You know, you see those things firsthand, and I believe it scars people. It's something that they look at and they see and they make a decision. Either they're going to be just like that or they're going to grow up and, and live them in a different life. Like that was the one thing that I committed to myself. Was I was never going to be the abusive asshole that he was. Yeah, I was going to be know, someone better.
2: I did that. So, well, I, I went through the same thing. My mom was a single mom growing up. Of course, I was, you know, raised by my mom and my grandparents. And right. my mother was in you know abusive relationships. I've seen her you know get beat up and everything like that too. So that being said, it's just you know, it's it's it does affect you one way or the other. Obviously, right. I didn't end up that way. I'm I'm completely different than that. But, um, you know, seeing seeing that does affect you and,
0: you know, well, you still have those the, the things are still there. The, the fact is the human memory doesn't get erased and all of a sudden, OK, everything's great. These things are gone. You know, the, like myself with the trigger terms, if you say a certain thing, it, it brings me to a certain place and it's dealing and coping with that. And that's that's the one thing I think is very healthy about having this discussion is it allows you to get that weight off your shoulders again, because when I did my first early episodes where I talked about my physical abuse, my mental abuse and sexual abuse and all the, the different, I mean, I'm, I'm a variety of abuses. You I know? Am too. So, but you get in, you actually talk about those things and it's like taking a weight off your chest, no matter how many times you talk about it, the weight gets lighter and mm-hmm. lighter and lighter. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is, is this conversation here is geared to hopefully help at least one person, right. one individual that's possibly going through something similar to this right now that denies the fact, hey, this is gonna get better. You know, it's okay because he or she's in a good mood today. Did you ever go through those phases where you woke up in the morning, you're like, all right, how is he being this morning? Mm-hmm. And you're analyzing the situation and you're thinking, okay, he's happy, so we're gonna have a good day.
1: And we can hold on to this moment because I'll remember this moment over the bad any day.
0: Right, right. And
1: that is the most damage that you can do. So- Holding on to those good moments because you, you can't fix somebody that does that kind of stuff to you. Right.
0: And it's it's a denial portion. It is. you know. Now, the one good thing that it does for us is, as people in the sales field is it allows you to read people extremely fast. Mm-hmm. You can see a person walk in the door and you can immediately read what kind of mood they're in. Mm-hmm. And it was a survival tactic for me. I yes. had to read when that door opened at 530 was I getting my ass beat. Or was everything going to be great that night? Mm-hmm. And you start to be able to really pull that in. The other thing I want to make very, very clear is domestic violence applies to men and women. Mm-hmm. It's not just the typical man that comes home and beats up his wife or his girlfriend or his kids or whatever it is. Women are just as guilty of this as well. Mm-hmm. And so you have situations where maybe a male doesn't realize that there's domestic violence that exists. And it could be somebody that's just beating him down from a mental standpoint you're stupid, you're fat, you're small, you're ugly, you're scrawny, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you know, the, those those points are just as severe and as, as valid as any other point out there, you know, and that's one thing I want to make people aware of. If you're a male and you're going through this, deal with it, you know, figure out a way to get out of that situation. And it's, it's not shameful to be in a position because of, you know how things, love especially, love has a lot of power. And when it comes to, Being in situations where you're trying to be happy, you're in love, but there's domestic abuse there. You're being beat down. So that love is not real love because some of it's based out of fear. Right. And that's what I think a lot of people don't see is, you know, you hear cases all the time. My brother, two weeks ago, he's a a Marine up in – you slapped that mic. I'm so sorry. (laughs) He's a Marine and he's he's, uh, active and he is in California – And there he's switching stations. And so part of him switching stations is obviously the other Marines get together and they throw a big party and they have a good time and they're out at the bar. And here's what happened. Guy walks out yelling at his girlfriend, goes to swing at her just like they would a, a grown man. And my brother and his friends don't take kindly to that. And they handle the situation. And the man and the woman left together when they left the, the bar. Because there's that fear, I believe, and I saw this with my mom and and her situation. There's that fear that if she doesn't go with them, it's going to be worse when they get home. And in a lot of cases, there's kids at home or maybe just a home itself or whatever it may be, you know, and so it's identifying that and finding some support. So at some point, you get to a breaking point, hopefully, because not everybody does. Some of these things, and, and believe it or not, if you're listening to this, not every domestic relationship Domestic violence relationship ends in a breakup or a split up or the police being there and taking him or her to jail. Some of them end up in somebody being killed. You know, like Martina McBride's song, Let Freedom Ring. Yeah.
2: you know, I mean there's a lot
0: of – there's – I don't know anything about that song but – You should. You're in Nashville. <laughs> anyways. No, but, but the basis behind that song. I mean expand and elaborate to what you're talking about.
2: Well, it's, it's talking about domestic violence. It's, it's, it's domestic you, – you've heard the song, right? So, you know, um, it's basically talking about um, a little girl's perspective of her mom and dad fighting all the time and one, one time it got too bad and that was the end of it. And so, you know, it was uh, freedom at that point for right. everybody involved.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that's the big thing is, is identifying These problems and maybe you know somebody that's going through this. Maybe you know somebody that that has a secret life and they're they're being abused. You know, it's it's your responsibility to report that. And I know a lot of people think, well, that's me being nosy. Mm -hmm. Why should I get in their their business? Because it's your job as a human being to intervene in something like that and, and make sure it comes to a stop. I'm not saying you need to jump in between swinging fist and stop it, but pick up the phone and call the police and say, Hey, this is what's going on. It has to stop because the impact is not just with the human being. It's with the people around them. It's with the children. It's with the siblings. It's with everybody that has to get sheltered into this relationship that, that, kind of gets pushed out you know i feel like when you're in a relationship where there's domestic violence that other people get pushed out of that relationship the mom the dad the brothers the sisters Uh because you don't want them to see the pain the hurt and the fear that's actually there you don't want an outside source to identify and be like he's beating the shit out of her and i know this because i see it on her
1: it's a fact that you can't accept about that person that you're trying to love so much because you're holding on to those Good moments that you have, right? And when somebody else points out the major flaws, like, "Hey, you've got a black eye. Where'd you get it from? Did Mm -hmm. he hit you?" Well, yeah, but I mean, then you resort to self-blame. It was my fault, you know. I spoke back to him, right? And you know,
0: and let's be clear. There's never your fault to deserve physical Absolutely
1: abuse. Absolutely not.
0: Or mental abuse. There's never anything you can say. If you walk in the store and you dog cuss me, that does not excuse me to punch you in the face. Exactly. Or yell at you or, or even stoop to your level if that's what you choose to do. So let's be clear, you know, that, that, oh, it was my fault because I stayed out too late.
1: It was creating a cover for him so my family wouldn't judge him. They would judge me right. instead. and then. That turns into self-blame and like, what did I do? Well, maybe I need to stop. Maybe I need to listen to his commands. It's submission in in a different standpoint than what some people know of. But it is submitting to somebody who wants to dominate you in a physically abusive way and right. a mental way. They want you to conform to everything that they demand. Right. And if you don't, or even sometimes if you do, you're getting the crap beat out of you, whether it's mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse they feel like they can have all control over your being as a person.
0: Yeah, and that's that's not how things should be. No. A good, healthy relationship. And once again, I know not everything is bells, whistles, and great things. You know, relationships sometimes go through a hard time, and that's okay. That's part of dealing and accepting and understanding. But when it becomes abusive, that is not okay. And so that's one thing that obviously that's why you're here today, because you and I talked about the story that you have, mm-hmm. and we agreed that this is something that you advocate for. That needs to, there needs to be more awareness because mm-hmm. it happens. It happens quite a bit. It happens more than I think us as Americans want to believe, you know? Yes. And that's a scary point. You never know when you can work next to somebody that's going through this or when you stand next to somebody or your kids go to school with somebody that's going through this exact same thing. Here recently, there was uh, murder suicide, you mm-hmm. know, of a family. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those extreme cases where. You know, when something like that happens, it's devastating. And then everybody stops and they search for the red flags. And by that time, it's too late. Right. You know, so hopefully the red flags at the beginning of this, this podcast help you identify some, not all, some of the factors that you may see in a domestic violence case or an abusive situation. So at some point, you got to the point where you said, fuck it, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. This is over. I'm not taking this shit anymore. Tell me about that.
1: It was more of a breaking point for me where he wants to threaten to hurt himself and hurt me, too. I didn't care anymore as long as I can get out of it. Pretty much like that song that Jeff was just talking about. It'd be my freedom as long as I don't have to deal with him anymore. So I took that risk and um, I broke up with him. And then I moved out while he was at work, and he showed up in the middle of me moving. Mm -hmm. And luckily I had back up there people who didn't get to see that side of him, and they got to see it then. So it was that moment of victory for me where they were like, oh, my gosh, she wasn't making it up. He really is really mean to her and crazy, so we're not doing this for no reason. So it was – Uh, That's not where it ended, of course. I moved out, and I tried to start over, but there was months. Drags on. Yes, like restraining orders and crazy stuff down the road. But finally, it got to a stop legally. I I took those legal steps finally after two years of dealing with the abuse when it finally stopped. And this didn't stop until recently.
0: Right. It turned
1: into stalking and all kinds of crazy stuff.
0: And that's the thing is you were fortunate, and I say fortunate. I use that word very lightly. You were fortunate to some degree that it stopped as much as it did Mm -hmm. when the legal portion gets involved. Because sometimes for some people that doesn't happen. You know, they get a restraining order and the person violates that.
1: Oh, it was.
0: And and they have to – you have to put yourself in a safe place. And if that means that you have to get one of your friends to stay the night over at your place for the next six months, that may be what it is. Maybe you have to stay with your parents. Whatever it may be, find that safe space because – you deserve it for one. You deserve mm-hmm. the peace of mind. The last thing you want to do is walk out your door and see a car speeding away and it's his car. Right. You know? Well, and
1: I didn't even realize that I was a victim until another victim had pointed out, saying, Hey, he's abusing you. And right. I said, No, no, he's not. This is, I love him. He would never hurt me. Yeah. And then one little comment and just kind of
0: spirals out. Yes. And, and you I'm look like, at it and you're like, You know, oh, shit.
1: he. He does. And she would ask me questions. Does he do this? Does he control what you wear, what you eat, how much you can eat, where you go, how long you're allowed to be gone? And I said, yes. She's like, does he hit you? I said, well, I mean, he has hit at me. And, of course, it ended up he did hit me eventually. But um, domestic violence doesn't necessarily mean direct physical contact. He was – abusing me in many many more ways where it was mentally crippling I'm like oh my gosh I'm over five minutes going to the store what's going to happen when I get home I'm going to be fear. told what a piece of crap I am and who am I cheating on him with and right I've never cheated on anybody <laughs> well
0: and there's there's a fear I think and this this Definitely is what fear. I know from my experience as a child there's a fear that hits and like fuck I gotta be home in five minutes yes now. you know and, and I grew up in a day of no cell phones so it wasn't like you know, he could call her or, or vice versa and say, hey, I'm running late because the light was red. But I used to see the same things. My mom literally get her ass beat because she was at a stoplight for 30 more seconds because the cycle of cars didn't go through. And it's who are you fucking, what are you doing, you know, and, and just a, a brawl. Mm-hmm. So you – know, and, and I've been there. Now back in the early days when I was a kid, when the police got called, there wasn't as much action as there is now. Now one of the nice things that, that our government has implemented – is if there's a domestic violence call, the state, as long as there's evidence, they're the ones that are pressing charges. They're no longer allowing victims to say, never mind, I don't want to press charges. And I think that's important to some degree, as long as there's a a valid situation there. And I think if you get in a, a situation where someone's been punched or hit or choked or anything like that, that's valid enough for me, you know? So, the biggest thing is 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 reaching out to people. If you're a person that's been through something like this, find somebody to confide in to speak to that knows what's going on that can hopefully help you. You know, and, and one of the things that you went through is a support group mm-hmm. where other people that, that have been victim of domestic violence were able to speak and did that help you from at least a Dealing with it level?
1: Yes. I didn't feel as lonely. Right. Because when you're in one of those situations, you're forced to be alone. Yeah. They're your only friend. And so relating with people who had been through that was more encouraging and right now I, I stood up for it and when i got into new relationships i immediately saw those red flags and i was like nope i'm out yeah, bye exactly. see ya <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> so i wasn't going through deep. that again yeah, exactly. so i learned a lot but i grew from it but many people don't get to do that right because they're still either stuck in that situation or they're becoming abusers themselves because they don't have another outlet that's all they know mm-hmm. and i think that's also a big issue um if you're a victim of domestic violence, get help. There's help out there. Just don't become that person that abuses people because you are so angry. Right. And that that's a big thing.
0: Well, yeah. Get out there. Get some help. Reach out to some of your resources, people mm-hmm. that you need. Obviously, if you're local, if you're listening to this, you're more than welcome to reach out to any of us. You know, from a legal standpoint, there's not a whole lot I can do besides listen and mm-hmm. hopefully point you in the right direction to make sure that whoever's hearing this can get the help that they need. Yes um, you know, and, and go out there and find the help. If you're a child and this is going on with your parents, reach out to somebody at your school. That's what happened with me. Mm -hmm. I used to get the shit beat out of me every single day.
2: Mm -hmm. And one
0: day my teacher's like, you're getting suspended. We're sending you home. And I broke down and started crying. And the teacher's like, why are you upset? You know? And I was in like third grade at the time. And they took me to the principal's office. And this is back in the day where they could they would search you right there. I mean, they'd pull your clothes off right in front of everybody. Oh <laughs> but goodness. I was in the principal's office, and I had bruises all down my back, my legs, and everything else. And they called the police in. The police came. They saw everything. They filed a report. Police were at my house, and I had to show up afterwards. So here's you know, him sitting on the, the couch with the police there and my mom in the room. And here I am walking in from school knowing that the cops were there. In my case, they didn't get arrested. They didn't arrest him. They didn't tell him to leave. So I had to deal with that because it was, it was sent off as he slides down the stairs, and that's how he got those bruises because we were in a two-story condo. And I did. I used to slide down the stairs, but that's not where those bruises came from. So this is definitely something that's taken a little more seriously, thankfully, and it's something that nobody should have to go through. And if you are a victim of domestic violence, please use your resources. Reach out to somebody. Support groups. Tell somebody you can confide in. Reach out to your parents. Reach out to a stranger. Nobody needs to go through anything like this, so any closing words? No, you okay? yeah, all right, well,
1: I don't have anything else to say, but get help. yeah, notice so, the red flags. listen to your friends yeah listen. when they say get out, most of the time, they're right
0: well, and it's it's easy to shrug that off, yes, and it's easy to, but if you have a friend that you think is going through this, reach out to them. Reach out to them and make sure that person's okay. It's our duty and our responsibility as human beings to look out for each other. So make sure you're looking out for other people. Lacey, thank you so much for sharing such an intimate portion of your life with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I know you're doing it for the right reasons. Listeners, I hope that you've enjoyed and I, I hope that you're listening to this and you've identified if you are indeed in a situation like this. I've identified some things that may be wrong with your current situation, or maybe you have a friend or somebody that you know that's going through this, highly recommend they reach out for help. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.